Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Brandon Craig, CEO and co-founder of Stash, went from Wall Street and working for the top 1% to now, working with a mission to make investing more accessible for everyone. That means you and me, regardless of background, education, and certainly regardless of our budget. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. 
depending on your age, you might have grown up a part of the digital revolution and access to investing, saving, budgeting apps, they may just feel like a norm. However, (laughs) it wasn't always like this. Investing is this weird thing. It's something we all know we should do. But before apps, investing, saving, it always felt disconnected, unapproachable, and really, let's be honest, effing confusing. And don't even get me started on the hatred of losing money. Brandon, my guest on this show, is as passionate about financial education and the desire to make saving and growing your money as easy as I am. You may have even heard about Stash, maybe you're even a customer of theirs, but I really wanted to know, how do you practically make saving and investing accessible to everyone? And I want to take away the feeling that so many people have about investing and saving that they just can't do it to show you that, yes, you can. So Brandon, I am so excited to have you join us on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Gosh, there's so much that I want to talk about today, but I wanted to start a little high level. Uh, I, of course, am so invested in the topic of financial literacy. And there's a lot of people that think financial literacy is just a waste of time. It doesn't change behavior. It's not really making a dent in people's finances. But I'd love to know from you, because I know you're so passionate about this too, why do you think financial education or literacy is important? Uh, I mean, that's financial literacy is is really, really important and unfortunately vastly overlooked uh, right now across the world, especially in the U.S. Yes, which is which is what I, I think that's what makes Stash so powerful is because we're not only providing financial education like you might get in a classroom, but we're also built a platform around it so you could learn as you do. So you know, it's one thing about reading a book about all right, I'm going to learn how to save for my future, or I'm going to learn how to, you know, invest, but then to be able to do it at the same time makes it work, right? It's, it's yes. STEM is kind of where we take a lot of our cues from, you know, learning as you do. And the fact is, is that 86% of Stash clients or customers are first-time investors or beginners. Wow. And so, yeah. And it's, so when we created Stash and we, we didn't know exactly what it would become. We had a view of what we wanted it to become, but we're not taking customers from other wealth management firms or from other brokers and bringing them stash. This is really empowers, empowering, like a huge percent of, of the American population to say, you know what? I have never invested before. I'm not saving. I'm not saving for retirement and lots of things that they want to do. And now I can actually do it because I'll get the confidence. I'll get the advice through the stash coach. I'll get the education. And as I'm investing and as I'm doing these things that I've never done before, I can learn as I do it. And I I think that's really important. And I think the world has changed and technology has really empowered us to be able to help people change with it. Yeah. And I I think that's a really interesting point. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, what do you think it is about like technology and sort of this fintech uh, evolution, if you will, that is making you know, learning about money, saving money, investing money, more approachable to people. Do you think it's just because it's not textbook? Now it's actually like like Stash and other companies are putting financial education in uh, like a language, I think, that people understand and there's more motivation behind it. But I, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. I mean, I'll answer it with a story. I mean, when we when we started, before we launched Stash and we were thinking about what to make it, we spent a lot of time on the street 
just asking people about money and investing. So our question was very simple. Do you invest? And so almost every single person that we spoke to said no. <laughs> yeah. So, and we didn't ask people, most people that we asked didn't have suits and ties on. It was just right. you know, everybody else. And so we'd say, okay, why? Why don't you invest? The number one reason we got was, I just don't understand it. I'm just, I'm, I'm really scared of it or I'm confused and I've never learned about investing mm-hmm. or saving. So I'm not going to do it. We'd ask more questions about why. And so people would say, you know what? I'll do it when I'm rich. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, it was like, wow. All right. What's rich mean? Tell us what rich means. How much is rich? But no one can answer that question. And so, you know, you think about that structurally, that's broken right there. Problem yes. is though, the reality is, is that before Stash came around, you had to literally have thousands of dollars to start. You couldn't walk into a, a wealth manager and be like, Hey, I really want to start planning my future. I have a hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. Forty percent of Americans right now struggle to come up with four hundred hours in a medical emergency. I'm not, you know, there's just no doubt that the wealth management system is not built for the mass American. It's built for the wealthy, you know, top ten percent or or less. So technology has allowed us, you know, to build these these tools and and platforms. So we're a platform, right? So we we have services that wealth managers give to people that have, you know millions of dollars, you know, and they charge a lot of fees and high minimums. We've figured out a way to do that and let you start with $5, give you education, put you on a path to open a bank account with us so that you can get rid of your overdraft fees. You can learn about budgeting with it and how much you're spending. You can start saving for retirement on stash, but it's all built to help you build a better future. That's kind of our mission. I'm curious when you were asking some of these questions or doing some of this data analysis, are there any other myths about investing that kept coming up? I mean, I, of course, I understand the, the the rich one, but were there any other things that kept coming up over and over again that were keeping people from investing or feeling comfortable investing? No, it was it was literally all, over and over. It was the same thing. It's, I wow. just don't understand it. That, that that just kept coming up and it still comes up. We've been at this for a little bit over three years now. It still comes up. I just don't understand it. I really want to do it. I really want to be an investor, um, but I but I I just can't. And it, it all stems from the financial literacy issue, all of it, because yes. kids don't learn about this stuff in school anymore. Unfortunately, you know, most kids aren't growing up in homes anymore that are teaching this inside the house. Um, and even people that go to really, you know, high end Ivy League schools aren't learning this, quite frankly. So it's it's pretty incredible, you know. When yeah, you- I know it's cr- it's crazy. I got my MBA and um, many years ago, and all of my my classmates knew nothing about personal finance, and it just it kind of blew my mind. And then I teach at a university in Los Angeles, and you know, it's crazy because the students will learn something and they'll go home and try and teach their parents, which is awesome and incredible. But their parents are really nervous about it because they never even learned about money. So you just can see this whole ripple effect. And it just, it really leaves me kind of like scratching my head. Like, what are we doing? This is like an ethical or moral, um, you know, 
uh, problem that we're not that we're not addressing. It's it's just it really blows my mind. Well, it's society has changed, right? Like people don't even know how to balance a checkbook anymore, right? Think right. about it. Pre or the what internet, is a checkbook? What the checkbook? <laughs> but, but there was a there was an interesting. I, I say this to people sometimes. I, I find this very interesting. Pre the um, pre the iPhone uh, and pre like you know when the internet was not as mainstream. So call it you know the the nineties to. You had to, you know, when you went and opened a bank account, you would get a little checkbook and you'd get a little ledger. And every time you spent money, you had to write it down. And every time you got paid, you had to write it down. And you basically knew what your balance was. And it caused you to think a little bit about where is the money going to come from to get through the month? How am I going to pay my rent? How am I going to manage my life? Right? Yes. To, take, to check your balance, you had to go to an ATM machine. And ATMs back, back in the day used to charge, you know, a couple of bucks, I think. I don't know the exact number. Just to check your balance on the ATM, or you right. had to go to the bank. Right nowadays, you don't do any of that anymore. So basically, everyone has this call it mental computer in their brain, and they go onto the you know name this bank app. They look at the bank balance and they say, okay, let me think about this. Do I have enough to go out tonight and party, or you know buy a round? And there's no real form of budgeting happening right now for mo- for most people. Some people are really good and they use budgeting tools, but I'd say the vast majority of people in America right now don't. And a lot of them, in most cases, they just don't understand it. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's just, it's just a changing world. Yeah, for sure. And there's just this big fear around it. it. There's this big taboo. And I think you especially see that with investing is people are just so afraid of, of losing money and not understanding the reason that you actually invest in the first place. Yes, very much so. I mean, the power of investing and the power of compounding is are really, really powerful for the vast majority of Americans, right? You think about it, you know, the average stash customer, so our minimum is $5, but the average stash customer uh, on stash right now is putting away through auto stash about, uh, I think it's like $27 a week right now. Um, wow. And so, you know, I gave you a stop before about like 40% of Americans struggle to come up with $400 in a medical mm-hmm. emergency, but- you know, think about it, the a majority of uh, hundreds of thousands of people on stash right now put away $27 a week. So you do the math very quickly. The average stash customer is, is ahead of the majority of America. Right. So then how do you, how do you take people if, if the number one feedback you're hearing from people is that they don't understand how to invest? So how do you build something then that helps people tiptoe into that and feel comfortable investing? Is there, you know, like what, what's sort of the method to the madness that you guys have come up with? Yeah. So, you know, the first stash, the thing that I think makes us much different than a lot of others or very unique is that I don't want to, you know, say to you, okay, here, start. And I'm going to do all the investing. You're not going to do anything. I say to you, start. I made the minimum really low. So it's, it's, you know, everyone can afford to start. And I will put you on a path where you can invest in things that you believe in, things you like, or things you want. So if you really believe in, uh, in uh, defending America, you know, you're, you want to invest in the defense companies that drive the military then that is a great place for you to start. If you want to start because you really want to invest in the cannabis industry, in the legal cannabis industry, then you should start. And I've removed that friction, not only on the, on the amount of money that you can start with, but also getting you to invest in things you believe in. You know, right. Same with stocks. And we built a fractional uh, trading system, right? So you can come in and say, I really want to start because 
I spend all my money at Walmart. I really want to own Walmart stock. I don't really, in a lot of cases, people don't even know that they can own Walmart stock and be a shareholder there. So with us, you can buy $5 of, of Walmart stock. And through our coaching tool, we can start helping you get diversified. Along with that, you're getting education. So this is a beautiful ecosystem for someone who's never done this before to start building up the confidence and learning. And it's our job to help you make it a habit, right? So that's where Autostash comes in. So the team at Stash that works on Autostash works really hard to really help people create that habit because at the end of the day, it's not our money. It's our customer's money. Sure. And it's, it's very powerful. And it's just this, this, this real automated kind of system of thinking about how you save and how you invest. But at the same time, it's, it's really engaging. So people keep coming back to the stash app to keep learning and, and, and checking in on their investments. In a lot of cases, adding to their investments is really powerful. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices 
and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Today's Ask Shauna is simply a shout out. I received so many messages from a lot of you regarding me sharing on the podcast that I had struggled with depression and anxiety. And although 
I really want to share those messages with you. I'm pausing because I want to keep those names of everyone anonymous, and I want you to feel free to be able to share with me when you're struggling, or if you are somebody who's struggling with depression or anxiety, please feel free to reach out to me and let me at least help you however I can. But I did have a couple of questions about how to handle your money when you're depressed and anxious. So I thought that would be great just to chat about for a minute because I definitely had some thoughts and reflecting on my own experience, there were definitely some things that I did and didn't do during that time period that is at least worth sharing. So when I was in the thick of depression, I didn't want to do anything. nothing. Staring at a wall for me was a great option. And if I could have just laid in bed all day long and not had any responsibility, I would have been just fine. But the truth is, I just I had to keep going. I didn't really have that as an option. But what I did find was that if I allowed myself some days, at least if you aren't causing any harm to your job or to your family, but taking some days that was just a me day where I watched movies all day long and I just sat in my jammies and I drank tea and I ate something I really enjoyed and I didn't have to think too much. I didn't have anything that I really had to do. Those days were so valuable. And in my experience, if you neglect your money, it's going to neglect you. So instead, what I focused on was just doing one positive thing a day. And it it could be as simple as just reminding yourself of a goal you want to achieve, something really positive. But I just focused on that one thing a day. If I could just achieve one thing with my finances, maybe it was even just paying a bill, as stupid as that sounds, or opening an app or something that was at least connecting me back to I don't want to say the real world, but you know, all the expectations that were on top of me, then I considered it, it was a success. It was a successful day. And I didn't have to feel totally overwhelmed with all the things that I, I really knew I had to do. I just focus on that one thing. And again, that's really where I'm such a big supporter of these weekly money check-ins. And I know they can be overwhelming, particularly when you're feeling depressed or you're feeling anxious, usually the last thing you want to do is check up on your money. But sometimes I think that's the best thing that you can do. If you can change the dialogue, change the dynamic that you have with money, you can make them fun. You can go someplace you love or have a beverage or just to create an environment that makes you feel really safe and comfortable, then you're going to be more motivated. And for me, when I started to see changes with my finances, when I started to see things happening, it's not that making more money or doing better with my money is related to my happiness. It just felt like, oh, this is something I can control. I can change the dynamic. I can get in a better relationship with my finances and all the things I have to do. And that just is going to innately propel me forward. Another thing I did was I didn't make any rash decisions or big purchases when I was feeling depressed. I gave myself at least 48 hours just to think about it. And this is one thing I did is not just think about it. I made a list of pros and cons for almost every purchase that I made that I would say was $100 and above because that list then, that became my 
brain more or less. And I could look at that list and I could say, okay, this is a good decision or this is a bad decision because my brain was doing all these crazy things. Uh, It was taking me places that were not good and I, I wasn't able to think clearly and I was tired and all of these hard things to to work through. So being able to look at on a piece of paper, the decision, it just made it a little bit easier for me. I also figured out really early on that finding something that you love and doing it at least three days a week is really important for me. I found yoga and journaling. Those two things were really staples, even though I would drag myself to yoga or I would use every excuse. I knew that I would feel so much better afterwards. So I think just find your thing, find whatever it is. Maybe it's cooking or sewing or karate or Muay Thai or I don't know, whatever it is for you, find that thing and then just push yourself a little bit, like a little healthy bit. Maybe find an accountability partner or somebody to just keep you motivated to commit to it three days a week. That's it. The other four days, you don't have to do anything. And I also focused on eating well and just not putting myself in situations around people where it would amplify the situation or amplify my anxiety or my depression. And when I did, I didn't make good choices because I felt worse about myself. So really protecting your environment when you feel that way, even if it's momentary, is really crucial because that can change everything for you. But I just wanted to say that to everyone who this has resonated with, whether you've been depressed or anxiety or whatever it is for you for a short period of time, or maybe it's just been a lifelong struggle for you, hang in there because it will get better. Nothing lasts forever. That it's certainly a motto that I've hung on to my whole entire life. And although I feel so much better now, I still have these times where I have to do a lot of positive self-talk and, and I really have to regroup myself. And sometimes, honestly, <laughs> I just need to go and have a good cry and I need to get back in my jammies and watch something not so great on TV and just give myself like a half hour or an hour to reset. And then it's like, okay, I did that. I'm good. I honored myself. And now it's time to get up and start kicking butt again. So step by step, inch by inch, you're gaining confidence as you go with every dollar amount that you're investing. And then you have these tools and this education to kind of come around that and, you know, support the education and keep you growing in learning about investing, feeling comfortable with it. Yes, very much. That's that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, I love that. And I know that you started out, you started your career uh, or spent some time on Wall Street uh, working with very, very wealthy people. And I'm curious, you know, what are the lessons that you learned from that that maybe then you have brought into the creation of Stash? Yeah, I mean, my previous life was in uh, electronic trading and it was a, it was great. I wouldn't trade any of it for anything. I mean, I, I started in the industry in 1998 and up until we started Stash, I worked in electronic trading, which was a long run. And I learned a lot. Number one, the biggest thing I think I learned is how to use technology to disrupt big, oh, wow. big established industries, right? So back when I started, you know, the, the industry was all voice trading and it wasn't about the, you know, information edge you had. It was about how big you were, how loud you were, how many nightclubs you went to. And I hated that. You know, ours was about empowering people to make better decisions through technology. And, and I loved it. I think the learning that I get, that I had as a, 
you know, I loved what I was doing, but I didn't feel I grew out of my emotional connection to it. And I wasn't at the end of the day, really helping people. I was helping, you know, wealthy, you know, hedge funds and institutions trade better and ultimately make more money, but I wasn't really making a difference in the world. And so Stash is our way of, of building a business because it is a business, but also it's got a very strong mission. And, you know, I, I just, I just wake up every day feeling so inspired about our customers and seeing the positive changes that they're, they're making. And I, I look forward to like the growth. I mean, it's pretty incredible. We've added um, over three and a half million customers now. Wow. And 86% of them are beginners really are changing the face of, of what an investor looks like. So I would say that, you know, my past life has really just helped me grow and learn and, and be able to take risk because building a startup is risky. Um, and, have the confidence to to understand how to build a company like this and how to lead a company like this. It's it's been it's been a real eye opener for me about how big the problem is in America and and how cool it is that we're leading the charge to change it. This is really exciting. Yeah, I think I think it's is is completely exciting. Like what do you think the future of of if you had a crystal ball, like what do you think the future of fintech is going to look like say even, you know, 3 to 5 years from now? Are we just going to have more and more companies like like Stash that are continuing to innovate the way we do money or do you think the there's going to be some weeding out and really like the strong survivors are going to survive? Well, I I think you know the market is so big there will, there will be more than one, you know, competitor in the market. It won't be winners. It's not a winner take all market. So I think that there'll be, you know, a few stash being one of them, large, uh, full service financial platforms that cater to all the problems that our customers have. Cause it's not just limited to investing, right? We went into banking, uh, you know, we launched it this year and it's been really, really successful so far in banking. And I think the reason that it's successful is that. Um, it's a bank that allows you to get paid two days early. We've gotten rid of overdraft fees. But the thing that really connects it back to the investing and education side is stock back. So as you bank, as you live your life spending money, you get rewarded with stock wherever you go. So if you take your stash debit card and you go to Walmart, the second you pull the card out of the reader, you get stock in Walmart for spending there. And so this feeds this ecosystem of learning and wealth creation and becoming shareholders in companies that you love and, and deal with every day. And it's, wow. yeah, it's really powerful to, you know, not only learn, but also to build a portfolio that reflects who you are and where you spend your money. Yeah, that is very powerful. So tell me a little bit more about, about the banking product. And I, I know there's a lot of listeners. We've had a lot of questions about people kind of on that, that teeter totter of they're with a big bank now. They really like the idea of, uh, a, a banking product that's online like Stash, but they're a little nervous about making the switch. So tell me a little bit more about the banking product and like why someone might be motivated to make the switch away from, from one of the big, big banks. Well, I think that making the switch now from one of the big banks is the easiest it's ever been. And for Stash, and we're not a, we're not a, a, a fully chartered bank. We have a banking partner. Um, right. but for, you know, which is, you know, all the cash is FDIC insured with the banking partner and, and, that's all, you know, just fine. What's really cool about this is that, you know, there are features that you can get on Stash that really do affect change in 80% of Americans' lives and 80% of America is paycheck to paycheck. That same segment, at least on Stash, 
pays over $300 a year in banking fees. And so that's a lot of money. And if you take that money and you move it into their retirement account on Stash, it changes the outcome of retirement for them. Full stop. It's, it's really powerful. So, you know, making the switch from, you know, a big incumbent bank to Stash is pretty seamless. I mean, you can do all the things you could do at a big bank on Stash Bank. The difference is you're not going to pay all the fees. So, and you're going to get stock when you spend your money. And so that's really, really powerful to just give back the, the money, give back the, the, the edge that every American should have, not just the wealthy. Yeah, it really, it really changes it. You know, I always talk about making smart money moves and, you know, if you're, if you're paying even, you know, five bucks or whatever it may be for banking fees, like that's five bucks a month times 12 months times how many years? Like, I know it doesn't seem like a lot of money, but, but that money is better served in other places. And I think when you think about the idea of, of what is somebody quote unquote that's wealthy? Like, how do they think about money? Like, they think about it this way all these like little money decisions because it all ends up adding up. And you're right. If you could take that money and invest it and grow it, that changes the game for you. Yeah. And so, to your point, I think this is really interesting. We've done a lot of work on this looking at aspirational goals. So, if you look at an aspirational goal of, of you know, the, the average American now makes about $50,000 household income. Uh, and that's what Stash looks like. And you ask that person, what do you want for your future? And then you go ask someone who's worth $100 million. You tend to hear the same things. I want to retire well. I want to be healthy. I want to make sure that my kids get an education. I want to have a roof over my family. I want to take them to dinner once a week. Like You hear things like that from both both sides. The difference is is that someone who's making a few hundred grand a year and has millions of dollars put away you know, they have access to more tools. They have access to more services. If you, you know, have a high balance bank account and you mess up, everybody Fs up with their bank every once in a while and you overdraft yes. a check or overdraft a payment. Um, the average customer pays between what, 30 and $45 for an overdraft. Stash, we don't charge that. If you're middle class making $50,000 and you call your bank, they're probably not going to waive the fee. If you're rich, they're going to waive the fee. How is that fair? I just don't see how people bank at the big banks anymore, quite frankly. I mean, we've opened up, we're opening up thousands of new bank accounts every day. And it's really powerful for us to see that people say, you know what? I don't want to pay these fees anymore. I want to go to a place that gives me my investment account, gives me the ability to get education. And it's, you know, our transition to be a a full service platform is underway for, for the mass market. And I think there's a lot of change coming, but to your original question, it's, it's, it, the market's big in the U.S. It's massive. So, you know, there'll be a lot of players in it. And it's, as long as people, the companies that come out align themselves with the client's interest first, that's a business that I think is very powerful. You know, helping build you up as a, as a customer. That's the most important thing. And, and I hope that every company follows that, that path that will make it better for the, for, you know, the Americans that we look after. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think uh, the last question, and and I thought about asking this in the very beginning, but I think maybe it, it it actually works best here at the end. It sounds really simplistic, but I'd love to have you uh, simplify this or explain this. For those people that are listening that are still like, yeah, I know I should be investing, but I just don't really understand what it's going to do for my future. This may seem like the most basic question ever, but 
why is investing such a powerful money move for people to make? Well, firstly, if you're not investing and you say, I'm going to do it later, that is, that's a bad decision because every, you know, every day, every week, every month that goes by that you don't do it, you're missing out on compounding. You know, I'm not a believer in day trading. I, I don't think that people should be timing the market. So for us, it's a, it's a, it's a simple story of dollar cost averaging. By coming in and starting to invest and, and listening to our coach, you can start putting money away on a regular basis. So, you know, if that means that you don't have a lot of extra money and you could afford only $5 every week, that's five dollars every week that you're putting away for your future that otherwise you'd spend. So technology and, and and companies like Stash have changed the perspective of people where you can now come in, you can focus on putting away small amounts of money that do add up and do compounds. And there's two things in life that that are guarantees, death and taxes. Right? It's 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 morbid, but it's true. And so I want everyone to start putting away what they can afford on a regular basis and starting to build some wealth because as you grow in your career and as you grow, you know, in life and as life events come up, like, you know, marriage and children and buying a home and buying cars, you know, there's always moments where you'll say, well, I'll do it later because this thing's coming up and I'll do it later because this thing's coming up. Right. You should do it right now in this moment, start. And then life gets a bit easier to deal with when you start building up a nest egg for yourself that you can fall back on later. It's just a powerful tool. It doesn't fix all your problems, but certainly makes it a little easier when things come up, having money put aside. Yeah, I love that. Such a great, such a great uh, description. I love that. So Brandon, this has been great. Tell listeners where they can go to uh, connect with Stash and find out everything about Stash. Yeah. So our website is stashinvest.com. Uh, that's where you can come read and learn. You can open an account on on our website or you can download the Stash app from uh, the Play Store or from the uh, iOS App Store. So either one, all three of those uh, allow you to download the app and uh, learn more about the company. Thanks so much for checking out this episode and a big thanks to our sponsors that make this show possible. Remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so you never miss an episode. But before you leave, I want to empower you to embrace where you are today, the good and the not so good. And remember, nothing lasts forever. Just keep taking small steps every day and remember how awesome you truly are. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review. And make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.